0: The allure of Montana is like a commitment to a narcotic. You can never use it up or get enough of it. Its wilderness areas probably resemble the earth on the first day of creation. Hello and welcome to episode... I don't even know where we at. 270, I think. Episode 270 of Under the Cowl of MS. Today's episode is going to be a normal Thursday episode. A little bit of comics, a little bit of MS, a little bit of whatever. That was a little quote by James Lee Burke, an author. You got to spend some time in one of the most beautiful places on Earth. <laughs> or at least in the United States. Let's start out here. Now, these, this comic... It's been a long time since I read this one. Because I thought for sure we'd talk about it. But this is crossover number eight. And I can't remember anything that happened in this one. I like the beginning. A couple of pages in. You get pretty much every comic page. All shrunken down and put into one big layout on two pages. But then... We get to find out a little bit more about what's going on with these characters. They're locked away, the character that attacked everybody, and what's going on. We go over that storyline in here. And it just... We got some good and bad people trying to figure things out. People that are locked up. And there's... Still dealing a lot with the comic characters. We got the two comic book detectives that are still fighting their way through, trying to solve things on their end. The Balifax sword is taken by them. Uh, They got their hands on that. And the story is still strong. We get to find out what's up with the priest and everything. And the priest's son. And why he did what he did and stuff like that. In here. But. I'm not sure how how long they're going to run with this. Hopefully it's going to go for a while. But I have a feeling it's going to come to a. Head around issue 12, but we'll have to see what happens with it in the near future, but it's crossover from Image Comics, Donny Cates, Geoff Shaw, D. Kaneep, and John J. Hill, and tons of characters from the comic book world, and even some comic book artist-writers have been brought into this. It's just a very interesting little collaboration that they did. We're getting to see what's going on with the combination of the comic book bubble world that's in our world, opening up and seeing what's going on between them and the regular people. They still don't have a full storyline. what's happening eight issues in so something's got to be coming up here pretty quick and this one felt more like an issue seven like it was giving you the synopsis to catch up and all that stuff from the first six issues but instead they did it in number eight so the other book we're going to talk about is the last book you'll ever read by vault comics and this is done by Cullen Bunn, Lila Le- Let's, or Lees, and Vlad- Vladimir Popov, and Jim Campbell. Uh, we're still seeing her continue to go on her tour, book reading tour, reading her book all over the place, and her little affair with her bodyguard type character in here. And a lot of naked people in the woods that just happen to come and see see them when their bus breaks down. Uh, <laughs> and the bus breaking down was not an accident. It was set up, so I'm not going to give away what all happens because of it. Oh, there is a little synopsis on the back of the book I suppose I could read. The tour for Olivia's controversial satire travels into strange territories as the highway cuts through a countryside that becomes more primal, more violent, and more dangerous with every turn. There are those who don't want Olivia's message to get out, those who are less than human, and some who are willing to murder to ensure silence. It's like she does these book readings and and we still don't know fully what's going on here it's like is her book readings turning people into demons are there demons in this world that are being awoken by her readings uh is she an evil demon that's just turning everybody into demons and Apparently, her books just turn everybody into a big orgy fest. And then these people never get their clothes back on and just wander the woods. I don't know. I just... (laughs) They're not really giving us much to go on here. But it is interesting. It does keep you glued to your seat, wondering what's going to happen. So, check that out if you're into that type of mystery tape. Weird demon, demon storylines going on. Then the last book we're going to talk about is Montana Diary, Diary by Whit Taylor. A cartoonist chronicle of a road trip through big sky country I was all excited for this because I spent some years in Montana that's where I met my wife and this is a interracial couple taking a trip through Montana and this is told in the view of the female. And it's kind of hard for me. I, I, I enjoyed the trip because she used actual places. and you get the Lewis, Lewis and Clark trail stories. And we hear about a member that isn't mentioned in much in the lore. So it's brought up to an extent that it's, that Montana is a highly racist (laughs) state because, uh, This was done during the Trump times and mentioned about how it was basically a Trump state. And it's just, I can't face life and times off stuff from hundred years ago. I can't look at things in that aspect. I base life and times off today, now, the way things are. I lived in Montana for, I don't know, four, four and a half years. I didn't take it as a highly racist state. I met a lot of great people there. I enjoyed the state. I I know there's things. With the tribal, with the Indians, and all that from the past, but I don't look at, I don't look at it as being the same today as it was back then. Uh, we get a lot of, a lot of opinions about certain things that. I just don't feel artists are the same now as they were back then. I don't think you need to depict certain parts of America in the way that they were, in the way their ancestors left the place, uh, the things that they did in the past. And... I don't think you can walk into any any country in the world that's gone through any type of war or anything and give me anything that is good from it. I don't care who is in the war, who fought with who, who did whatever. I believe personally every war is stupid, unnecessary. Nobody should be taking anything from anybody else. No one should feel that they are more powerful than anybody else. No one should feel that they are better than anybody else. I don't believe in that. I get <laughs> that, the states are, that the state is heavy, Trump-wise. I mean, it is There are a lot of militias and stuff like that in Montana. I can't I can't call them racist myself because I've seen the groups and I've seen lots of mix racially inside the groups. So I don't consider that straight-up racist. I don't think just because someone's a Trump supporter that they're racist. (laughs) I just I think you have to look at everybody individually and not judge a whole state equally for how you feel about something. But I don't know. It's hard. I think times right now, there is so much opportunity for everybody. I think we should look at that and quit looking at the past. I understand we need to look at the problems from the past and accept accept them and acknowledge them. But I don't think we need to tear up today with something from yesterday. I think we really need to focus on stepping up and changing things, making this a world that everybody can live in equally and not fight, argue, bicker and bring up all these little things. People are starting arguments over stuff that may or may not ever really affected them fully but they're taking advantage of certain things to to cause problems because of it and I think we really need to focus on just just focusing just focus on focusing. <laughs> On things that can make this place and this world so much better. We have so little time here. Life is short. So let's take that time and do something good with it. And there's... We're worried too much about the past and we're not focused on what's going on right now. And there are things happening that are just... Insanely... Ridiculous. It should not be happening. It's like my wife's obsessed with the murder mysteries and all that crap. uh, We've been running into a couple storylines that are very messed up. Uh, The things that the Yakuza have done to people over the years. The torture. The abuse. The murders. And we still have Yakuza. We still have the mafia. We still have the cartels. And now we got ISIS. We got all this other shit happening. We have... Kids disappearing regularly. We have child child enslavement going on. We have child trafficking going on, sexual trafficking going on. We have kids murdering, murdering other kids every day. Every morning I turn on the news, I know there's going to be someone new that got shot overnight in Milwaukee or nearby or whatever. We had a ton of cops. Searching the woods just half hour down the road from me, and they didn't announce what it was for, but they had a ton of cars out there searching for something. We got family disputes there ending up with people getting killed. We had three people shot and killed. They say three people shot and killed, but one was pregnant. So did the kids survive? We never heard anything about the kids surviving, so it would be four people that got shot and killed. Uh, and two of them are injured and in the hospital. But I just... I want our world to start focusing on the problems we have right now. Fix those and then go back to the past again if we have to. But personally, I don't think we need to dwell on the past like we have been. I think times have changed quite a bit over the years, and we have been bringing more and more things together and making things better. Things you can do nowadays you could not do 10 years ago without tons of conflict and stuff. So I think we have been advancing. I think we have been doing better. I mean, we still got... We have people complaining about... Actors and actresses doing parts for people that are of different ethnicities or from different countries or different parts of the world or whatever. And they are they should actually be using those people for those roles. Well... The same freaking thing goes for disabled people, you know. I'll play a multiple sclerosis part. Give me the opportunity, but no, you got perfectly healthy actors and actresses playing the parts of people with chronic conditions. We got a lady in the, this new magazine that I'll be talking some stuff out later. That she's playing a role of a lady with dementia. And I know a lot of people with dementia that could play that role. Yeah, they have their issues here and there, and you can work around it just like a normal actor or actress screwing up their role, their script, or whatever, and redoing it. And you can do the same thing with someone that actually does have dementia. And then when they have their actual moments, hey, you can record those and talk to them and say, is it okay that we use this? on film and if they agree to it then you got actual real footage of someone going through that uh if you have someone with a chronic illness you might actually get some real footage of some of the things that they go through and you can also get their aspects and learn from them and understand what those type of people go through but yet i constantly see people that don't belong in a wheelchair playing a role as a person that's disabled and in a wheelchair. That just pisses me off. But we don't hear about it. We hear about it if someone, if a guy plays a girl's role, (laughs) if someone of one ethnicity gets played by someone of another ethnicity, I just don't understand what the difference is. And there's a lot of... A lot of disabled people out there that would love to have a job that can't work and are stuck in these type of things. Hello, welcome to WKRP. You're live on an air Telemarker. How are you trying to ruin people's lives today? Come on. Tell me. Yeah. That's what I thought. Jack asses. I'm so sick of that, too but yeah I have no right to talk about any of this because I am a white male so I shouldn't be saying anything but I just don't understand it and make me understand why we're arguing and fighting over this shit still to this day and not working things out making things better instead we're trying to find ways to cause more conflict and our kids are being ruined Because of it. I do not understand why kids that are 10, 11, 12 years old need to be out past 10 o'clock at night. (laughs) It makes no sense. 11, 12, 1 in the morning, they're shooting each other. We just had, what, I think a 12-year-old kid or a 13-year-old kid just got in a police chase with a stolen vehicle. And wrecked it I and mean, this was late at night I and mean, really don't these parents give two shits about what their kids are doing are you telling me your kids are so overpowering that you can't control them well then that's a problem then hand them over to the state if you can't take care of your kids I and mean, it's simple as that I and mean, there's got to be some type of curfew thing I and mean, we had it when we were kids We weren't out past 10 o'clock at night until we were at least 15, 14. But, I mean, yeah, we'd sneak out once in a while, but we'd get in trouble for it. And this world needs a change big time, but not the kind of change that we're working on right now. We need to get our heads out of our ass and quit worrying about it. Glorifying that, who is it, Richard, or Elon Musk is about to be the first trillionaire. Ain't one person, one frickin' person in the world has more money than the majority of people on this earth. Uh, And we have homeless everywhere. We have mentally disturbed people everywhere. And yet, people are walking around with billions and trillions of dollars. They're just sitting in banks and doing no good other than collecting interest for people that don't do anything with it that (laughs) should be done other than trying to get off this planet. It's like, if you don't want to be on this planet, get the fuck off it. <laughs> Leave your money here and let it do some good. It's just, we need to quit worrying about space. We need to worry about what we can do here. We don't even think about it. We just start seeing problems and it's like, oh, we better get off. Get off the planet. But can't even make flying cars, but we got people just shooting rockets up in the sky left and right. I don't know. It's just one of those days, I guess, because my brain is just all over the place. And I know I'm saying a bunch of wrong things, probably, but I still truly believe we could do a lot of things with this world if just sat down and said, okay, enough. Enough is enough. If you're going to harm someone else, that's it. You're done. See ya. You're out of society. It's, uh, there's no reason that anybody should be able to affect anybody else's life dramatically without consequences. And yes, that includes you fucking government idiots. They're, uh, God, uh, I don't even want to get into politics. It's just, uh, yeah, whatever. Let's get away from this. This is just going to end up being one of the worst podcasts ever. <laughs> yeah, check out Crossover. Check out Last Book You'll Ever Read. Check out Montana Diary. It is a good book. I just don't understand why. I don't like when people <laughs> classify a whole continent, a whole state, a whole whatever as one thing. It's like, just driving through a place does not make you knowledgeable about all the people in that place. You got, There are good people everywhere. You've got to find them. And hopefully they'll be smart enough not to let the bad people disrupt their environment. But I will get back with a little bit of multiple sclerosis health stuff right after this. Oh, Montana, give this child a home. Give him the love of a good family and a woman of his own. Give him a fire in his heart. Give him a light in his eyes. Give him the wild wind for a brother and the wild Montana skies. A little part of John Denver's Wild Montana Skies. And I also like this little thing. In Montana, a policeman will pull you over because he is lonely. It's from Rich Hall, a comedian. <laughs> uh, it's a beautiful country. If you don't like it, leave it. Because I don't want it ruined. <laughs> when I was there last, there were so many people from California Moving in, running our companies out of their home computers, and just ruining the state. But, sadly, that happens. Everything that's beautiful has to be ruined. But, let's talk about some stuff here. I got a magazine recently with some... had a little bit of MS stuff. This article caught my eye, and it was actually pretty interesting. I want to look deeper into this, but lower melatonin levels may increase seizures in patients with epilepsy and affect cognition in people with Alzheimer's disease. It also may worsen symptoms related to stroke, migraine, autism, multiple sclerosis, Parkinson's disease, and Attention Deficit deficit Hyperactivity Disorder. I want to focus on doing a chapter about this in my little study about the brain and brain trauma and all that type of disorders causing things that can cause chronic conditions, in my opinion, which I believe. And I want to find proof about it, but this was pretty interesting because I want to know why our melatonin levels dissipate, what causes that to happen, and if people, and I want to know on my blood panel if I can get uh, melatonin levels from my upcoming blood test and stuff and see where they stand, but Some animal studies and a few human studies suggest that melatonin may protect cells and DNA from damage by free radicals, unstable molecules produced as a byproduct of metabolism or by exposure to toxins such as tobacco smoke. Melatonin also may decrease inflammation in the brain after damage from a stroke or traumatic brain injury. But you kind of makes sense, you know, it's like sleep is your repair. Your cells will work on their repairing themselves and fixing your body while you're asleep. And if melatonin can decrease inflammation and stuff, that's a huge part. And uh, if we're lacking melatonin, that can mean that we have more inflammation and we're fighting against it while we're trying to heal ourselves, so. That is very interesting. Melatonin may reduce amyloid levels, which contribute to Alzheimer's disease. Current studies suggest that melatonin improves sleep in children and adults with epilepsy or autism, which I I don't deal with epilepsy or anything like that, but with my mild seizures my restless leg syndrome and stuff like that i can totally see how melatonin could help uh put your mind off those things so they aren't happening as much hopefully unless they're happening when you're unaware of it while you're in a deep sleep excuse me throat's getting all scratchy More research is expected to be published in the next few years on the genetic basis of melatonin levels. The connection among melatonin, neurological disorders, and sleep, and precision dosing is what they have to look for. But in the meantime, these tips may help to ensure longer, more restful sleep, set yourself a schedule, plan a bedtime, and Wake up time and stick with them and avoid napping during the day if possible. I cannot nap during the day. Although I take that back. I can if I do. But then I wake up and I feel like crap the rest of the day and I'm just not not there. It doesn't benefit me like it does some people. My sis, My one sister... She can take a nap at the drop of a dime. <laughs> it drives me nuts. Uh, I'll refresh her, and it's just no. Nope. I'm out of it the rest of the day if I do that. Create a sleep-inducing environment. Keep your bedroom dark and cool, around seventy degrees in the winter time, and remove any electronic devices, including televisions. Bright screens can throw off your sleep cycle. Invest in comfortable bedding and extra pillows. If pets thrash or make noise, train them to sleep elsewhere. If household or outside sounds distract you, consider getting a white noise machine to muffle those sounds or wear earplugs. It's like if you have a finished basement, and that's where I'm living right now is in my childhood basement, and it's cooler down here and it's completely dark. It's just, I had a friend, friend in school that him and his brother had their bedroom in their basement too. And it was just awesome because was just like pitch dark. It's like living in a cave. It gives you that definitely good sleeping environment, but you also don't wake up and expect that it's daytime. You could sleep all the way through the day and not even know it if you're that tired, but yeah. I like the little cave aspect of the basement. It just works out nicely. Uh, limit caffeine and alcohol. Stop drinking caffeinated beverages at least six hours before going to bed. That's quite some time. Uh, for most people, a lot of people I know will drink coffee into the late afternoon. And I drink, I like my afternoon tea, but there are decaffeinated ones, but I never pay attention. I just grab my tea bags and throw them in. Go with it. Uh, don't overindulge in alcohol. While alcohol may help you sleep at first, you might awaken once it wears off and have trouble falling asleep again. And also, if you are drinking, make sure you drink at least a full glass of water before you go to bed so you don't wake up with that extra hangover, mouth issues in the middle of the night or whatever. And you just don't want to deal with that. It's just going to ruin your next day. Uh, Use light wisely. Open blinds and shades during the day and close them at night to reinforce your sleep cycle. Up your physical activity. Exercise is good for overall health. And it can help make you tired at bedtime. I, I'm i not that type of person. When I work out, I got energy after. So, unless you do a hard workout, then, yeah, you can be worn out from it. But then you're also risking setting off extra issues with your multiple sclerosis in our bodies. So, I, I'm more of a morning workout type person myself. Do what works best for you rule out other conditions ask your doctor about a sleep study in such studies patients are monitored overnight in a hospital or clinic or at home to see if obstructed airways or similar problems are disrupting sleep nowadays they got all the they can hook you up give you the things to hook up on yourself and do your own sleep study at home so you don't have to sit in a Hospital bed wait wa- knowing that people are watching you from another room and it's just hard hard to get a good night's sleep that way and it's hard to get a good night's sleep with all the damn wires and crap on YouTube but you'd think they'd have that down to a better uh, layout but Review your medications. Some drugs, such as certain antidepressants, can interfere with sleep. Work with your neurologist and pharmacist to adjust doses so the drugs don't keep you awake. Uh, Consider cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT. A targeted form of talk therapy, CBT helps patients identify and reframe thoughts that have a negative behavioral effects on us. Once identified, these thoughts are modified and replaced with rational ones. Um, I believe in, to get your head clear and stuff, I believe in doing like a mindful meditation as I'm laying in bed. Or I'll sit there and do a, Meditation and scan my whole body. You go from my toes to my feet to my ankle to my thighs, calves to my knees to my thighs. Just work my way up my body just thinking about bringing in good, good environmental air and blowing out the bad stuff. Relieving the body of the stressful uh air and environment. You can join a support group. There's lots of support groups out there. Whether you want to be on one on like a Facebook aspect or if you want to be on one or where you're face to face with people. But there's lots of lots of things out there. You can go on the National MS Society pages and look up support groups. There's my MS and tons of different Facebook groups and stuff like that. Yep, got me, you can send me questions. I'll gladly answer what I can for you. And then let's look at limb spasticity. It's annoying. Many of us deal with it. It's typically caused by damage to the nerve pathways in the brain or spinal cord that control movement, which disrupts messages between the brain, spinal cord, nerves, and muscles. This can result in an abnormal increase in muscle tone or stiffness that can interfere with movement and speech and cause pain or discomfort in people with MS. The lesions that develop in the brain and spinal cord can cause spasticity in the legs, The condition is more common with primary or secondary progressive MS, but it can occur in the relapsing remitting forms. I have up my baclofen to four a night when I go to bed. And usually I'm in bed by midnight. And uh, by 4.35, 4 or 5 a.m., I'm already having major spasticity issues again. It's like I... Worried that in the future I'm gonna have to go with a backlifing pump eventually, and have it put into my spinal region. But for now, I'm gonna do three to four backlifing at bedtime. I might. I usually get up anyways with the cat at 5 a.m. So I might just start taking one or two more at 5 a.m. And then I've been doing a couple in the afternoon because I've been having spasticities. Issues in the afternoon, even while I'm sitting doing podcasts, I'm sitting there and my legs are seizing up and having all kinds of problems with them. And for some reason, it's more active in fall for me. Fall and spring, it seems like, where you would think summer would be more primary. So I just seen my MS neurologist this last week and I told him about that and he's like, huh? You got more problems in fall. (laughs) <laughs> it's like, yeah, some people react to heat more, some people react to cold more, and some of my most major problems were in the wintertime and fall. So that's the way my body acts to it, so I gotta deal with it that way. While not life threatening, spasticity can be painful and dis- disabling and make simple tasks. Like getting dressed, brushing your hair, preparing food, and even walking difficult. Heck, I was trying to go through some loose change last night. And I couldn't even get into it for 15 minutes without my right arm and hands and fingers and everything curling up and locking up and seizing up. I don't know what set it off. Excuse me. Muscles become stiff and flexed and may spasm. And be hard to control. Normally nerves send electrical signals to muscles telling them when to to tense and relax. In spastic limbs these signals are overactive and muscles tense up or move involuntarily. Severity of the condition is measured by how tight a muscle is and how much of the body is involved. For example, patients might have severe spasticity on one side of the body And none on the other side. Or they might have mild spasticity on both sides. I have it both ways. Depends on the day, I guess. Depends on what the body feels like messing with me with on that day. Physical and or occupational therapy can be used. Uh. There's lots of things they can do to try and help, but in the long run, sometimes <laughs> the, the physical therap- therapy can end up causing more <laughs> issues with it. But during physical and occupational therapy, patients stretch and do range of motion exercises to reduce and stabilize symptoms and improve functional abilities. Acupuncture may also help, which I st- I still want to get in and try some acupuncture. I have yet to do it. I did way back. I believe it was when I was in Phoenix, Arizona. For a while, I tried some acupuncture back then, but I don't think I've tried it since then. I've done acupressure. But acupuncture can improve movement and decrease spasticity. For those who need more, there's oral medications such as the muscle relax and spaclofen which is lyoresa, there's tizanidine, which is Xanaflex, and dantrium, hydrochloride, which is dantrolene, and less often the sedative diazepam, which is Valium, which can temporarily relax muscle tone, but all can be associated with side effects, including dizziness, drowsiness, headaches, nausea, and weakness. Tizanidine can cause liver and kidney disease and low blood pressure. Dantrium hydrochloride can damage the liver. Patients taking diazepam may develop a tolerance and require higher doses. And or become dependent. A baclofen pump, pump is another treatment. It delivers small amounts of the drug directly into the cerebrospinal fluid and can be dosed precisely. Injections of botulinum toxin, which is Botox, and Dysport are another option. And they, they have plenty of things out there for you to try. You can also try, like, CBD oils, that you can massage into your muscles, CBDs themselves, uh, THC and CBD combined. There's many types of forms of ways that you can take that. Uh, In some cases of spasticity, more invasive procedures are warranted to treat either spasticity or co-occurring problems like dystonia. Deep Brain Stimulation, DBS, is used to control movement problems. Electrodes implanted into your brain, which generate electrical impulses that control abnormal brain activity. The stimulation controlled by a programmable generator placed under the skin. Or in the upper chest. So that's kind of an interesting thing that can, you don't know what it's going to do to you physically until you get it in there and you get that s- surgically implanted. And then all of a sudden you find out that, like me with the TENS units, I can't stand it in certain areas touching my skin. But in patients, patients with nerve injuries that cause a loss of muscle strength or sensation nerve transfer surgery may be effective nerve transfer 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 surgery with physical therapy had more of a beneficial effect than just physical therapy alone a procedure that's been used to relieve spinal spasticity is epidural spinal cord stimulation scs electrodes are placed in the space outside the dura the outer layer of the tissue that covers and protects the brain and spinal cord, and connected to a small pulse ge- pulse generator under the skin, basically like a TENS unit. For young children with cerebral palsy, a procedure called selective dorsal rhizotomy, SDR, can reduce spasticity. During the operation, nerve fibers near the spine are cut to improve movement and muscle control. So that'll be fun. But yeah, Stasticity is not fun. And there's, yeah, there's tons of ways you can try and work with it. And it changes so often you might have to change the, the things you do to make them work continuously. Now let's talk about gut biomes. The brain and gut are connected, but the exact nature of that connection is still a mystery. Research suggests, however, that the better we treat our gut, the healthier our brains will be, and vice versa. Living with the gut within the gut are trillions of microorganisms, including bacteria, fungi, protosia, and viruses. These microbes. (laughs) Yeah, them. Them, them. Hey, come up here. You can come up here. Come on. (laughs) Poor cat just hopped up on me. I didn't see him coming, and he slid right back down. (laughs) Okay, so we're talking about the trillions of microorganisms in our gut. Including the bacteria, the fungi, the protozoa, protozoa, and viruses, these microbes aid aid multiple bodily functions like breathing, breaking down food, producing vitamins, responding to pathogens, and helping the body absorb nutrients. The genes that produce these microorganisms, which also live in saliva, skin, and other body parts. And the microorganisms themselves are collectively known as the microbiome. Various factors, including genetics, lifestyle, diet, environmental exposures, and use of antibiotics likely influence the microbiome's composition. I truly believe the micro the gut biomes are very important and you notice a lot when you are doing certain gut. Biotic type things. Uh, I love my chia seeds. Especially this time of year when I have my tea and stuff. I'll throw a tablespoon of chia seeds in there just to keep the gut happy. Uh, Having too much of one kind of bacteria and not enough of another could lead to changes in permeability. Often referred to as leaky gut. A condition being studied in the context of Parkinson's disease. Although an unhealthy microbiome is thought to cause many different diseases, scientists have yet to find an explanation for how it harms brain cells. Uh, I've talked about it in the past. Yeah, definitely kind of balance out your, your good and bad, uh, your probiotics and prebiotics. One doesn't process and the other one is needed to process the other one. So you want to look that over, learn about that. I talked about it in the past and we'll talk about it in the future again, I'm sure. Millions of nerve cells lining the gut form what's known as the enteric nervous system. Exactly how the brain and gut communicate is not completely understood, but the communication likely goes in both directions. It may happen through nerve cells and cytokines, proteins released by cells of the immune system. Operating like a freeway within this communication network is the vagus, badges nerve, which extends from the brainstem to the abdomen and helps regulate digestion. Several theories seek to explain how gut health affects the brain. One involves inflammation, the immune system's response to an f- infection or injury. When the body is invaded by a virus or a harmful bacteria, the immune system attacks the invader and repairs the cells, and the resultant Increase in blood flow and chemicals released into the cells produces inflammation. If this occurs without an invading agent, it can damage tissue. A possible cause of such inflammation is the modern diet, which can be heavy on refined carbs, sugars, and processed foods rather than unprocessed and whole grain. Fruits, vegetables, nuts, and fish. But the microbiome has not evolved as much as people's eating to habits have. So the gut may mount an inflammatory response because it senses certain foods as invaders, which it should. There's a lot of shit out there It's really not good for us. And we should not have access to because it just does nothing. For our bodies. Uh, some ways to improve interabled relationships. If one person's disabled and one isn't, or both people are, or whatever. Talk often and honestly. Open and candid communication is one of the cornerstones of a healthy relationship. Just talk everything out. There's no reason to hide things. If you're in a relationship, you're together, you're one. and Make it be so. Work together. If it doesn't work out, then it's probably best just to end it and find a better relationship in the near future, hopefully. Know when to ask for outside help. You can always... Ask other people to step in, help you with things if you need to, if they're a, if they're willing to. Keep your sense of humor, and uh, you got to be able to laugh about things. We all do things that cause problems and stuff, and have issues and stuff. And if we don't laugh about them, it's just going to bring on depression and make our life more stressful and irrit- irritable. Field questions carefully invariable interabled and disabled couples that are asked about the relationships uh, talk about their curiosity and comments can be intrusive and invalidating it's not the couple's responsibility to educate others about the nature of their relationship or how they navigate a chronic illness or disability and it's just tell people this is the way it is, is what we got to deal with. Only explain what you have to Uh, discuss parenthood scenarios. And if you have kids, you're going to have to find ways to work it out the best you can with your abilities and hopefully be able to work together. And then I think that's it. We're on out of time. So we're going to end it there for today. Uh, be good to yourself, be good to others, get the shit out of the monster, look at everybody as the same, let's all work together, let's all make the world a better place, let's all live happier, let's all quit the arguing, quit the crap, quit shooting each other, quit letting our kids, destroy each other, it's like, let's make this place better, it's time, it's time for a change. 21st century. We had 20 centuries to mess everything up. Now let's start fresh. Start brand new. Do it right. Be good. We'll get back to you soon. Have a good one.